Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Gaster. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 12.40 KFH. Welcome in, everybody. Another edition of Sports Daily. It's a big Friday edition. We will make picks sure to fail with Paul Savage in just a little bit. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster here with you. Jad Chambers producing a chance to win some prizes. HTOT, coffee, uh, Wichita Thunder hockey tickets. Uh, man, that's coming. Tommy, we, we got a game like we're here. Tonight. Yeah. Tonight. Opening yeah. night. Yeah. So these it's, tickets it's would day. be. These tickets would be opening night tickets. That's correct. They're so if you want to go tonight, you'll have a chance to win some of those tickets. So stay tuned to that. Your IHOP hotline is the place for you to win all of these goodies, 869-1240. It's also the place where you can chime in on the show. Uh, by the way, it's brought to you by IHOP. Try IHOP's new slow-braised beef pot roast or a savory country fried steak. Uh, if you swing in there, you can also get in touch with us on our video streams, which you'll find on Facebook, YouTube and Twitch. Glad to be here with you, everybody today. It is a football Friday. We'll get into the Chiefs. We'll get into K-State's game this weekend. Of course, KU is off. Uh, and, you know, there are baseball playoffs happening. And Tommy, I don't want to talk about it. It was a rough night last night for you. Yes, uh, I I kept up on the game. I was kind of bouncing back and forth between that and Thursday night football and uh, man, it's a it's a tie series. That was a, a crucial game, uh, and now everything is all back square. I'm just not okay with it. And I knew this possibility was right there. Like I knew it was right there. I knew this was very much in the cards of potential things to happen in this series. Uh, but it doesn't make it any easier. It doesn't make it any, you know, any better. It's frustrating. I'm angry. Uh, I, I knew this could happen. You know, the Rangers had their two good pitchers going, and then it's it, it falls off a cliff after that if Scherzer's not back, and that's what we're seeing right now. And, you know, the Astros are very capable of scoring lots of runs, and the Rangers, they, they don't have much depth in the rotation, and, you know, their bullpen hasn't been good top to bottom. The back end has been okay in the playoffs, but, man— now you start over. You get you get you. They're going to bring their two big horses into the mix here again, and we'll see. You know, I, I'm nervous. I'll tell you that right now. Very very nervous. I was nervous though up two zero. I told you that. Like two zero, everything went well. That's fine. But that in no way does that feel the same as two zero normally feels because you know it's the Astros sitting there and they're a pain in the butt. Yeah, I mean the Astros are that team that you know if you creak the door open even slightly, they're going to just kick it down, and that's what they do. That's what they've always done. That lineup uh, is potent. It has been potent the last two games. Uh, and so now, I mean, really, obviously, momentum uh, swings to the side of the Astros, and the Rangers are going to have to try to find a way to regroup and get back on it. Three o'clock today. Uh, I don't plan on getting anything done. Just kind of kick back and watch that and deal with it. So that that happened. Yeah, the Diamondbacks, though. Uh, how about the Diamondbacks getting a game that? they, they kind of had to have there? Um, and you know, they, they've got a chance to, to sort of climb back into it a little bit here. I don't, you know, I don't think many people are like still 
not going to pick the Phillies in that series, but they got the win when they had to have it. And that's, you know, that's good to see for them, certainly. Uh, well, they got the but, win, by the way, by shutting down the lineup for the Phillies, which nobody's really been able to do this entire postseason. And, right. and so they had really good pitching yesterday, walked it off in the ninth inning. That was a that was a must win, obviously, for the Diamondbacks, but really impressive with their pitching and the way that they were able to kind of quiet the bats of the Phillies. And, and they've been outstanding all postseason long. So the Diamondbacks are going to have to follow that up with another kind of pitching performance like we saw yesterday. They'll need to pitch their way through it. I think the Rangers will need to hit their way through it, quite frankly. I think they're going to have to start just really smashing a little bit. Uh, but, you know, they've the, the, the problem there for them is they've got Verlander coming up. So they've got their guy going again, but, you know, so do the Astros. Both Montgomery and Verlander are going on shorter rest in those game fives, which typically happens. They pitched on Sunday. Uh, so, you know, you've got, what What does that make? Four days in between, right? So normally it's five days rest, but this is the postseason. That's what you do, and uh, we'll see. That game again, a little after 3 o'clock. Phillies Diamondbacks tonight in their game uh, four of the series is at 6 o'clock tonight, I believe. So uh, good stuff there. Baseball playoffs have certainly been entertaining and stressful if you've got a dog in the fight. Uh, Thursday night football, the other thing topically, Tommy, that we can get through real quick, that we've got Wyatt Thompson coming up in our next segment to look ahead to the K-State game, just uh, just by the way. Um, Thursday night football was an entertaining game. A lot of scoring, of course. You know, finally, we get a Thursday night football game with a little bit of offense in the mix there. Uh, the Jags get it done. They sort of let the Saints hang around a little bit uh, and, and come back in that game, but they do get it done. They avoid overtime. You know, Trevor Lawrence was fine right it wasn't like an overly impressive offensive game but they got it done again the Saints outgained them offensively uh Alvin Kamara is all the way back holy smokes Alvin Kamara um former Hutch product by the way but you know the Jags are sort of setting themselves here Tommy as a after a a kind of would we call it a rocky start I mean it felt rocky to me they kind of look like they're for real here like do you know I don't know that anybody's going to call them the favorite or anything, but, you know, four straight wins here, and I think they're squarely at the top with Kansas City and who else at the top of the AFC. You know, Buffalo's got all the injuries. They beat Buffalo in Buffalo, but they've got all the injuries. Sorry, that was in uh, in London. They've got all the injuries to deal with, Buffalo does. Cincinnati still hasn't found their groove. Where do you power rank Jacksonville into the AFC mix? Man, I think right now they're, they're, they've got to be top three in the AFC. I mean, I really think that. And, and really going back to the Chiefs knocking them off earlier this season, I think we're going to look back on that game all the way back in week number two, I believe it was, and say that was an impressive win for Kansas City and very well could be the tiebreaker for home field advantage in the AFC playoffs. Uh, you know, think back to where where the Chiefs were going into that game against the Jags. They lost on opening night to the Lions. They were at risk of falling to 0-2. Uh, the Jags are this, you know, upstart team with Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence. They get the victory, and man, like they haven't looked back since then. That's been the start of the, the Chiefs' long winning streak, and I think that knowing the way that the Jags have played since then and how they played last night, we can look back on that Chiefs game as a really big win for them. Yeah, and that's if they come into a tie, and, you know, Jacksonville's yeah, going to play in a— they both play in, in divisions where they can pile up some wins here, so— you know, it's uh, it's an interesting time. It is an interesting time right now in the AFC as Buffalo is going to have to reinvent itself a little bit defensively. And 
You know, Cincinnati's still trying to find a groove. I, I think Jacksonville's in the mix there. And is, if anybody else is, Baltimore's got a good opportunity this weekend. We'll find out. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, Wyatt Thompson, voice of the K-State Wildcats, will join us. We'll dig into K-State's matchup this weekend. And uh, we've got plenty more to come on the show as well here. We'll do that next on Sports Daily. The commercials are over. Nope, I haven't got all day. 869-1240. Time to get busy. This is Sports Daily on KFH. Your new radio home for K-State Athletics, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. It's that time, Sports Daily, getting all the inside information on Kansas State. Let's go now to the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. All right, and we welcome back Sports Daily with Wyatt Thompson, the voice of the K-State Wildcats. Happy to be here again this week with Wyatt K-State. Another night contest coming this weekend, uh, coming up against TCU. They get the 6 o'clock kick. Wyatt, how are you? Well, I'm doing very well, Jacob. How are you doing, Bob? Doing good. You know, I, I know that you know what the buzz is all about here now as we uh, as we look here locally at one of the, the great high school football players we've seen. It's funny, Wyatt. I, so I'm from the Texas Panhandle. I've uh, been here now a decade or so, but that's where I'm from and where I'm at and where I grew up in Amarillo. Texas Tech is is just 90 minutes down the road. So there's a lot of Tech fans in my area. A lot of my family has gone to Tech. And I started getting a lot of text messages uh, to the basically to the to the tune of uh, who is this kid like what what is this freshman and I'm just like guys I, I I'm telling you I've been I've been covering high school football for 20 years watched Brees Hall play down the street and probably Avery Johnson it, it, at least at the quarterback position if not overall his best high school football player I've ever seen but the buzz is here and it's real and it's not going away now oh for sure and and you can certainly understand why I, I've said this all week long. You know, I've had a lot of great things happen to me in my time at Kansas State in my 22nd year here. That was among them. I, I was so honored to be able to to call that game and witness that. Um, let's remind everybody, he is a true freshman. He was playing in just his third game. It was his first ever Big 12 game. Um, it was just, just an amazing thing. He looks comfortable, didn't he? <laughs> I mean, he's just uh, – yeah. it, it's amazing when you – for me personally – to watch him, uh, but yet also in the same breath, listen to these coaches talk about, you know, how good he is and how he's handled everything so exemplary. It's just, it, it's not supposed to be this easy, but, and I know it's a hard game. He'll have his ups and downs as we move forward, I'm sure, but he's made it look pretty easy so far, buddy. No doubt about that. So when we look at in, in the question now, it becomes Thompson or Johnson. I I do th- and it was the it was you know it didn't take till now it was the question during that game honestly. I I think that that you've got a quarterback battle, but I also think there is right now and this may not stay this way forever, Wyatt. But you know, Will Howard and Avery Johnson can both to me present something that does make it challenging for the opposing defense. I also think there is caution to be had. The one thing we haven't seen Avery Johnson do, we don't know, you know, we don't know if he's ready to really push the ball down the field as a passer, right? We haven't seen him do that. And we know he has the arm for it, but until you do it, and when you still control your own destiny to get into a Big 12 championship game, I, I agree that it makes sense to use both now. 
with the asterisk that that could change at any minute when you've got the kind of athlete you have in Avery. What's your take on the quarterback, you know, position moving forward? Well, to be honest with you, I thought you summed it up pretty well, at least from my perspective, because, I mean, everybody sees Avery's talent. There's no doubt about that. But you hit on something there. They haven't really cut him loose in the passing game yet. And yet, I think we all know he can really throw the ball. He can spin it. There's no question about that. I think I think that's a given. The, the real question is, is where is he at in the process in terms of is he anywhere in the vicinity of a Will Howard in terms of reading defenses and how they disguise things and, and keys to that? I think that's the unknown now. Uh, as he continues to develop and gets better at that, uh, who, who knows? I, I, I think the sky's the limit. Uh, I think he, you know, we saw him the other night uh, go eight of nine, and I love to throw to, to Jace Brown. I mean, he just ripped it. He just cut it loose and, and went with it. Um, but we haven't seen him make a ton of throws yet. I think he is making very quick progress. But, again, he does not have Will's experience in reading. And people like it at this level, they do a lot of different things, and it's pretty complex. Let's see how he handles this because – I remember visiting a couple of different times this week with Coach Klein, and he says, hey, I know people are concerned about who's going to start, but both of these guys are going to continue to play, and that's a good thing. How long, though? I think that's the that's the question. Well, that's why it. It, like, yeah. Yeah. What will be and the, the thing? thing is, how will they handle it? I, I yeah. think we need to talk about that, don't you? Because yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, let's think about what Will's been through. He led the team to a Big 12 championship last year. The way he and, and, and Adrian Martinez handled that last year was exemplary. Can we expect that to be the case again? I certainly hope so, but I don't know that we know that exactly. Uh, that, that is, I think, something that, um, you know, if, if, if you want to continue to have a great locker room and everybody's all in this together and all of those kind of things, uh, th- there's some things to overcome there if, if, if indeed that Avery's going to start playing and we know he's going to start playing, but but how much? I mean, if he's going to start playing a lot, now I think you you have to look at that. So, I, I and that's I, I guess that becomes the challenge, right? If we need to see if mm-hmm. if Avery can can push it down the field, but that's going to be what Will Howard does. Do you are they like they're not going to switch quarterbacks in the middle of a series? I don't think so. So. What is the in-game part of that? I mean, I know, like, simply put, if a defense plays the way Tech or probably even Oklahoma State did, that's Avery's spot, right? Like, they're going to let the quarterback run. Well, now they're probably uh-huh. not going to do that. So if they defend that, is that Will Howard time? Or or do you think they give Avery some opportunities to try and go down the field and over the top of a defense? Well, I think you have to give him opportunities, don't you? I mean, I think you just I, absolutely That's the only way to move, that. move forward. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you you can <laughs> you could do it a whole lot of different ways, and continue to take many steps. Uh, but but I I think the coaches have seen enough of this young guy to to say, okay, we're going to give him opportunity. If he struggles, then we'll deal with that. If he's really really good, we'll we'll handle that and figure that out. I think I don't want to oversimplify it in any way, shape, or form. But you know, I I think you've got to give him 
opportunity. I think the real question is here, going back to what we said before, what do they want to do right out of the gate? And what is the real matchup with these two guys against TCU? Because they have seven starters back defensively, and they're pretty good. They're physical and tough. Uh, so they uh, – not that, not that uh, Tech and Oklahoma State aren't that, but that's kind of what these guys are. They, they play mean. They play hard and physical. And so it'll be a different and unique game that way. So when we look at TCU – I would think that they're not going to defend K-State the way that Oklahoma State and Texas Tech defended K-State. They'll mix it up a little bit. That would I would think probably it's Will Howard early then. I just, you know, it's again, this is why I like to split. I don't know what defenses are supposed to do. How do you, like, if you're the opposing defensive coordinator, pick your poison, which poison would you pick? I, I think I'd make them throw the ball. Well, that's an interesting thought, too, because if you go back to the beginning of the year and you're talking about K-State offensively, and, and let's say maybe two or three games in, what would you say was K-State's strength at that point? It was probably yeah. throwing the ball, right? Yeah. I don't know that that's necessarily still the same case today. And I, I say that based on, you know, they've had some issues with, um, you know, receivers getting separation. Uh, especially, you know, against man press, which uh, we're going to see some. Uh, And and then I think the run game has started to come along. Um, You have to, I I guess, equate how much of that is Avery, how much of that is the running backs, how much of that is Will. And (laughs) it's probably a little bit of all of the above. I'm not sure who will go out there first, but I do have a sense that, you know, it's it's, – I think they're going to let both guys really play. And we saw the game at Tech when Avery when when Avery started having success in the third quarter. They just rode that horse as, as long as they could, and, and I get it. And and will they do that this week, regardless of which guy is, you know, having the most success? I, I guess that's the way I would see it. But again, I guess we'll have to let it play out. So the interesting thing about this conversation and every conversation in the last week that I've had is we've spent all this time on mm-hmm. this spot. And and it's the most high profile. It's the local kid. He's, you know, this I, I get all of that. But the elephant in the room here is the is the defense. And it's got to get a whole lot better if K-State's going to hang in there in the Big 12 race. Well, I th- you may disagree with this, but I think they are getting better. Um, I thought they. I don't know what to think forward. about the defense. I mean, they gave up 480 yards to Texas Tech. Yeah, but on 79 plays. That's true. That's a good point. That's, yeah. that's the point yeah, yeah. that you have to look at. I mean, again, I'm not trying to say they're the you know the you know the 60s Packers or the 70s Steelers. I don't mean it that way. But I think they've been good for the most part, not dominant, but good against the run. Uh, they've, they've made some progress with their uh, play in the secondary. They've had some issues at linebacker and continue to have that at, you know, in, in terms of injuries and what have you. So it has been a little bit rougher than I think they uh, were, were expecting it to be because, you, I mean, you don't go into it expecting to lose Daniel Green, and now, now you've got Austin Romaine all dinged up. Who knows how much he'll be able to play. That's significant. Um, but I, I, you know what? Jacob Perry, having him back last week was a big, significant thing. Keenan Garber played his best game at corner at K-State. Um, those other 
two guys I think are, are coming along maybe a little bit slower than, than Keenan, but he's been around here a lot longer. Do they have to be better? Yeah, but I do also argue that they've been better and, and, and still with a ways to go. Well, and that's interesting to hear you say that because you're, you're paying you know as close attention to it as you can. So when I look at it, I'm like, okay, they looked great, right, in the opening two games, albeit against, you know, Simo and Troy. And then in the four yeah. games since, when it's been the power five, and the, they've given up 400 yards at least in all four of those games. So I guess where I struggle is, okay, like, so they're not as good as maybe we thought they could be at the beginning of the year. What are they? And then is whatever it is that they are going to be good enough to one, beat Texas, because that's probably what it's going to take to get into a Big 12 championship game. And if not that, even to hang around the top of the league, I guess that, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, is it good enough to stay in that stratosphere, the Big 12? That's perfectly said, because I don't think we know that. Uh, I I think we're all hopeful, but I I do think that, you know, (laughs) there are a lot of things that go into this. Let's go back to the game with with Tech. One of the things that I thought kind of went under the radar a little bit, in all honesty, is that, again, I'll be repetitive here, but the secondary was better. I don't think if you look at sack numbers or whatever, anybody's going to look and say, wow, they were really good at Tech. But they beat the you-know-what out of that quarterback in the first half to the point where he couldn't play very much, if at all, in the second and that's a significant piece. I, I still am a believer in that defensive front. I, I think Uso is playing well. I think they've got in rotation four defensive ends that are pretty good and some depth there. Um, that 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 is, for me, where it starts. Um, again, even with Romaine, the, the good news is, is on the outside of him, those other two guys, Desmond Purnell and Austin Moore, playing really good football. So that's a decent thing there. Um, that, that's not bad. Um, Kobe Savage ha- has, in all honesty, I think maybe our expectations of him were pretty high, maybe too high in the beginning because he was coming off November ACL. But he's starting to play now like he did last year. One thing that has happened, too, that – I don't know that everybody understands this, and, and I, <laughs> I'll preface this by saying I am not a football X's and O expert or a coach, but this defense has been better since they made that switch with B.J. Payne and Kobe Savage. It's just been better. It, it's helped B.J. a lot because that's where he played last year. That's where his experience was. That was a good move. Jacob has done a really good job there. Um, and if the, the other guys come along, then you, you, you do have hope. One other factor that I have to be honest and say, it's turned out that Brady Cook and Mizzou are pretty good. Did you notice That's they just great. won at Kentucky? Yep. Yep, yep. I mean, you got to take everything uh, into consideration here because uh, are, they, are they as good as, as we want them to be? No, not yet, but they are fighting. And I yeah, just and, know and- – in the time that I've been around here with, with Kleiman and Klanderman and Van Malone, those guys can coach, man. And I think that secondary will get better. They, they just will. Oh, Oklahoma State just beat Kansas, too. I mean, cautionary tale on going to Correct. Stillwater. I, yeah. I get that. 
TCU is interesting. I, in all honesty, have not watched a second of TCU football since the Colorado game to start the year. Um, Mm -hmm. They've been pretty up and down, sort of what what I expected them to be this year, at least, you know, on paper. What what do you know about the Horn Frogs, and what are they going to do this weekend? Well, it is a, a total fair statement to say they've been inconsistent. I think the whole world was caught off guard with what happened with Colorado sure. there in the opening weekend. Um, there's a lot of things that have happened since then. I would tell you that Colorado has maybe regressed some. I think TCU has probably gone the other way. I think the wild card here is, is the quarterback position because they were playing decent football with Chandler Morris. And then with Hoover now, uh, who's a redshirt freshman, they are just happy as they can be just throwing it all over the lot and playing very, very fast. I think that will be a, a unique thing here uh, and how K-State handles that uh, in the game tomorrow night. I don't think they run it anywhere near what they did a year ago with Kendra Miller and with Max Duggan. So they're different there. They lost two pros in the offensive line. Not to say that they're not a solid offensive line, because I think they are, but they're not as dominant as they were last year. Uh, And then they've got seven starters back on defense and the same coordinator. They also have offensive coordinators changed too. So they are different. Um, I, I, it's obvious to say this. They're not what they were last year. Uh, Are they an upper third team in the big 12? Uh, You could, (laughs) you could probably argue that a while. I don't know that they are right now though. Good Uh, luck trying to figure that out. Make no mistake, dude. They've got some, they've got some skill in the skill positions. How do you figure out the, the tiers of the big 12 right now? Like good luck. I mean, I think we know the top tier, right? looks like it's Texas and Oklahoma. And then, man, we all thought West Virginia and Iowa State were going to stink, and then here they are. And, like, I I, I got nothing. I have no idea. No idea what to think of the Big 12 this year. Uh, Well, I I never thought that West Virginia was going to be bad. And I think it was a little premature to think Oklahoma State and Iowa State were just going to lay down and do nothing. That's not how they operate. Yeah. No, especially not at home. Uh, okay. It's speaking of being at home, it's been a month. I mean, it has been between a bye and two straight road games. It will be two days short of a calendar month since K-State's played a home game. That that's, I think that's a factor here. Is there, is it almost, do you think there's any like, you know, comparable effect to like the home opener of a season to go that long and then to get back there as far as an energy level in the, in the, you know, in the park this weekend? That's an interesting question. I hadn't really thought about it from that perspective, but I can tell you this. Visiting with our coaches and players over the last several days, they really are excited to be back home. Um, And and I think the way you equated that to an opening night is probably pretty legitimate because most people don't have to go, you know, two days short of a month to play, you know, a home game. (laughs) But that's exactly what has happened. Um, this place will be jumping, I think. Uh, they're excited about Avery. Uh, I, I think yeah. winning at Tech excites them, or at least I hope it did. Uh, that's a hard place to play and not an easy place to, to win at. But K-State's you know, done a pretty good job of, of taking care of the Red Raiders of late. I hope people appreciate that. And I, I think they're going to see two, got two uh, football programs that are really fighting. Uh, it, 
it's hardly night. There's nothing not to like. I, I think we'll be packed here, sold out, and I just think it's going to be really high-level excitement. I, I do. So we got a 6 o'clock kick again. What do you guys have coming up for us here on the K-State Radio Network tomorrow night? Well, I'm excited for our pregame show, and I, I say that every week, and, and, and there's so much going on. But as per usual, you'll hear from Coach Kleiman and our coordinators. Uh, that That is always great. Um, I, I talked to Keenan Garber this week and also to Treshawn Ward, and I, I'm very intrigued by both of those guys. Treshawn seems to be as healthy as he's been all year. Had a really nice game the other the other night at Tech. And Keenan's um, one of the fastest guys on our team. I think a really good teammate on this club, and and uh, so we'll feature that and uh, lots of things going on. It's really a cool stretch here because we've waited almost a month, but now we get back-to-back home games, and this is Hardy night, as I mentioned, and then next week is homecoming when Houston comes in. So looking forward to the next couple of weeks. All right, Wyatt Thompson, voice of the Wildcats. We'll see how much of the kid we see. We'll see if K-State uh, can make it two in a row and come back with a – with a fury we appreciate the visit as always good luck on the call this weekend and who knows what we'll be talking about next week yeah that's that's well said because i i think a lot of a lot is on the table here right i mean that that's that's an obvious statement but i i'm i'm i think everybody is talking about this whether you're a k-state fan or a ku fan or whatever it might be everybody kind of wants to know how this is going to play and and i'm I'm, the- i'm on the list too <laughs> for the future of this team, for the future of this conference, for potentially the next three yeah. years. like It, it is a storyline to watch for sure. All right, Wyatt, we appreciate it. Good, Have a good call this weekend, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, partner. I appreciate it. There goes Wyatt Thompson, voice of the Wildcats. You'll hear him uh, this weekend as K-State gets ready to take on TCU and the local uh, superstar Avery Johnson. Going to play to some capacity. Uh, K-State coach is not tipping their hand at all this week, so we'll just have to see on Saturday. All right, we'll come back. Uh, we'll get into the Chiefs just a little bit. Of course, we'll talk more about that. we got picks coming at the top of the hour. On the way out, Chad, let's, uh, let's give away some HTO here. How about it? Let's give away a coffee and a tea today. So we've got uh, two opportunities here for you to try HTO. The iced tea available at Wichita West, East, and in Derby. Uh, You can get your hands on that. It is more than 25 flavors. The two new fall flavors, uh, peach cobbler, apple pie. Check them out. And you can also check out the HTO Brew House, which is all the coffee drinks. If you're an iced coffee person, got you covered. All kinds of iced coffee. I'm a black coffee drinker. I think it's the best around. Uh, You know, no no intended bias there. I really do. I drink it every morning. I'm drinking it right now uh, here on the show. Uh, Okay, so let's do first caller. You can get the coffee at HTO Wichita East or in Derby. The tea's good for Wichita West, East, or Derby. 869-1240 on that IHOP hotline. Jad will get us a winner. We'll come back. More Sports Daily right after this. All right, welcome back in, everybody. KFH here. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castro will rejoin us soon. We'll have Paul Savage on as well to make some football picks. Congratulations to Steve for winning some HTO. Always good to hear from Steve. Appreciate everybody playing along. We'll give away some hockey tickets. The Wichita Thunder open the regular season tonight, and you can get a an opportunity for a family four-pack to that game. 
Uh, we'll do that in the second hour as well. Our appreciation to Wyatt Thompson there for joining us for a few minutes to talk about you know, what's become a real big topic all across the country with Avery Johnson. Like, look, we, we knew this was coming at some point, uh, and now it maybe appears to be coming right now. Uh, he's, a, he's going to have a big role. Colin Klein talked yesterday for K-State and, again, sort of echoed what Chris Kleiman said. I, and, and we knew this, right? They're not going to tell us how much anybody's going to play. And Klein said, well, we'll put our final game plan together on Friday, and then we'll, you know, then we'll know. But they're not going to say anything. They don't have to in college football, so they're not going to. Um, but you'll hear that game right here on KFH this weekend. Uh, programming note, otherwise, uh, if you're around two and, and here locally on KFH, you'll need to go to CBS Sports Radio on the Odyssey app, too. I'll be on um, from, what time am I on from this weekend? I think 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. on CBS Sports Radio. So uh, it's sort of in, in unison with that K-State game. Certainly going to be watching that while I'm on the air there and, and doing some other things. So you can tune in there if you'd like this weekend. Uh, Tommy, welcome back in. You know, a lot of interesting stuff from Wyatt Thompson. He's he's with us, man. Like, he's just sort of buckled up and watching this thing with, with K-State. Something interesting, Tommy, he brought up. And it was, an, it was, a, it was something to, to look for. You know, he he thinks the defense is making progress. Uh, you know, he brought up when I you know when I talked about almost 500 yards of offense allowed to Tech, he brought up the fact that, it, but it was on 71 plays. You know, there was almost a right. game script aspect to that. Yeah. But he's seeing progress in the defense. Um, so that you know, is it enough progress? That's that becomes the question. And of course, he doesn't have the answer to that. But he does think that this team is getting better on that side of the ball. The reality is they're going to have to be better on that side of the ball if they want to hang around and potentially get into a Big 12 championship game. You know, and I think that's a really good point. You know, we can spend all day long talking about who is going to be a better quarterback, whether it's going to be Will Howard or Avery Johnson, and if the Wildcats should hand the reins entirely to Avery or whatever. That's a debate, but really another huge question is, is the defense good enough to win a Big 12 championship despite who the quarterback is or regardless who the quarterback is. I think that's a really important question that is probably getting overlooked in, in favor of the more flashy and fun conversation of who's the better quarterback to lead the team. It is. The, it 100% is because the reality is both of those guys give them great opportunities offensively. It's, it's can they get there defensively. So that's uh, – and, and this will be such a great test for them this weekend against TCU – um, so we're, we're excited about that game. I, I, that's, that's the Avery Johnson factor though now, right? Like he's going to give us excitement in every game that they play regardless, because it's, it's one of those, you know, things to watch obviously for K state fans, but really for college football fans, for NFL fans, because he's going to be at the type of play. And we knew this coming in because of what he did at some of the skills camps and things that he's going to be in the, you know, in the conversation of, of a guy that plays on Sundays. But then, you know, for the Big 12 as a whole, moving forward, right? Like you're talking about potentially what we saw with Jalen Daniels this year, quite frankly, where you've got, you know, the offensive player of the year type guy at quarterback at that position at the school that you watch. So, you know, there'll be a lot of intrigue there, certainly with that game. Looking forward to it again. You'll hear it, all the pregame coverage and everything on the home of K-State Athletics right here on KFH. Before we get into picks, Tommy, um, let's let's spend just a second here with the Chiefs. We I think Frank Clark is coming in right today for a uh, 
for a visit with the Chiefs. If Frank Clark comes in, I think yesterday we did a pretty good job of identifying like what McCole Hardman's likely to be here, um, which is a special teams guy for sure, a gadget guy, basically what he was before, right? Which I <laughs> pump the brakes on him coming in and all of a sudden taking over the position. He was never able to do that when he was here to begin with in Kansas City when I say here. Frank Clark's interesting, though. Frank Clark has been a big part of things for Kansas City. Um, you know, playoff Frank and all of those things. I just wonder if he comes in, how much he's going to play because it obviously didn't go well in Denver. Like, does he find his way into the rotation? They clearly drafted his position out, right? They drafted Felix Anudike Uzama. I don't think you want to have any regression from him. So what do you even do with Frank Clark if he does come in? Well, I think he can be used as a veteran presence in the locker room. By all accounts, he's a great locker room guy, a good mentor, uh, a good veteran presence on the defense. I mean, remember, like it, it was pretty well documented how he helped George Karloftis a year ago grow when Karloftis was a rookie on that defense. And, you know, I think that he could do the same thing for Felix Inudike Uzama. It's Felix's job, right? Like that's they drafted him in the first round for that reason. And, you know, so there he's going to be growing as a rookie, but having a veteran presence and a guy who's been to Pro Bowls and a guy who has won a Super Bowl and all of those other accolades that Frank Clark has had throughout the course of his career, that's valuable, I think, for a rookie to be able to learn that. We saw that with Karloftis a year ago. I think we'll be able to, you know, see that with Felix and Udike Uzama for the remainder of this season if Frank Clark ends up coming back. I mean, it's insurance and it's depth for sure. Right. The locker room piece of it. I don't know that part. Right. Like we know he's had some off the field issues, but we know that he was a beloved teammate. Right. And For I sure. think you can put some value in that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't think it hurts anything because it's not going to cost them anything. What will be interesting to see, I think, is if as the trade deadline approaches is if these are the moves they decide to make. Right. Hardman and Clark and bringing them back in or if they do have any bigger picture ideas. My guess is they don't. My yeah. guess is this I, I think is they're what done. they're like, doing. Yeah, I think I it'll too. be Hardman and if or, they get Clark, uh, that's not a done Clark. deal yet. Yeah, yeah, and I think that they, I think they will, right? Like I don't know if there are going to be a lot of other teams that are going to. It's passing a physical, basically, is what it sounds go out like. there and do that. Yeah, and he, and it, you know, he wants to come back. I would imagine, and you know, he wanted to uh, come back to Kansas City during the off season, and Chris Jones wanted him back, and you know, that was made pretty clear on social media throughout the course of the off season, and then he signs with the Broncos, and everybody's like, oh no, he's with the Broncos, and. That didn't work out, and now it's kind of like I think Chiefs Kingdom will welcome him back with open arms, especially considering, as you just mentioned, he's not really costing you much. No. Um, all right, coming up in the next hour, we've got picks with Paul Savage. We'll have some high school football talk as we get down to the nitty-gritty here of the regular season. Um, I, these picks this week are going to be tough, I'll tell you that. They always are. Um, I, I, I veered away, you know, from trying to pick a bunch of Big 12 games as much as I did. There's some really good college football matchups this weekend. Uh, so I kind of leaned in there a little bit more than Big 12. Uh, so pretty happy to do that. And then we've these NFL games. This is also, you know, we talk about college. Sometimes the NFL doesn't give us good matchups, right? That happens. Like there are weeks where you're just like, meh, this is not one of those weeks. I think there are some awesome, awesome NFL games this weekend, including Chiefs Chargers, which is which should be, you know, one of the head. But there's some... There's some really good litmus test games this weekend. I mean, you get Miami-Philly in primetime. Can't ask for more than that, right? But that that's not it. Like, there are there are really good and compelling and 
difficult as you'll see in just a second and we get into the top of the next hour games to pick this weekend it is a good football weekend uh even with Lions KU and Ravens, off this by week. the way like that's a great matchup I'm that we'll now. be able to see uh we talked to Chelsea yesterday about how at least at the time I haven't looked at it today but the Lions were underdogs and they're five and one on the road in Baltimore uh you know so there are some really 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 fun matchups I'm in on Pittsburgh Rams uh, they're 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 good ones. I, we we're not picking this one, and maybe we should have Monday Night Football. Man, Niners Vikings has yeah. some interest too, as they're coming off of a loss. We'll do all that next. We'll get into the ten games we pick. We'll go back through the results from last week, which I'm happy to go through uh, again. I had a good week last week, uh, picking, not betting, which is always so funny to me. Some of my worst picking weeks on this show are some of my best betting weeks. I don't know how that happens. Eight six nine twelve forty. Paul Savage joins us. We'll be back with more Sports Daily right after this.